when we, when we talk about God's love, this is what we have a tendency to do. We take this definition the way we see it, and we apply it to God. So if we see love in a way that's conditional, in a way that it can, you know, we can pull it back at any time if they disappoint us. How many of you have ever been um, de-loved? You know what I mean? Just like on Facebook, you have a friend and you kind of defriend them. You kind of like unfriend them, I guess it's to say. You know, how many have unfriended people? I have. I may have unfriended some of y'all. I don't know. I, I have unfriended people because I just get tired of seeing all their stuff. Right? So how many, how many times have we been on that place of feeling unloved? Someone loves us and then all of a sudden... They, you know, we do something, they misinterpret something, or they get their feelings hurt, or they get offended, and now we're unloved by them. What happens is if we look at this as conditional based on performance, I'm loved as long as I do everything right, those people will love me. Then when we take this definition to God's love, then we think God is like that. Because that's how we've seen love. That's why people, when they go to God, they think God must be mad at me because I messed up. God's probably frustrated with me because I struggled. God probably is angry with me. And we all of a sudden, we have no idea how awesome God is and how great his thoughts towards us are. The Bible even talks about how wonderful and amazing God's thoughts are about us. They outnumber the grains of sand on the sea. That's how, I mean, that's God's love for us. You can't even think, God has more, God can tell you why he loves you forever and ever and ever. He's, there's more reasons of God's love. He's just amazing. His love is so big. We can't, it, our heads blow up and we try to explain it all. It's just too big. But we don't get it if we look at our definition of love and we take it to God. What we're supposed to do is we're supposed to look at God and let that define love. Why? Because God is love. So this is who God is. First John 4, it talks about God is love. It's not just something he gives or he does. He is that. So if you know God, you know love. If you are in God, you are in love. If you, if you understand God more and more, you'll begin to understand love more and more. God loved you while you were still a sinner. The Bible talks about Jesus died while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to measure up to, to, to all of a sudden become right with him. Because you could never measure up. The law revealed our need for a savior. How many of you have ever messed up? Then you ruined it. If it wasn't for God's grace and mercy and love, you'd be hopeless today. Because you already missed the mark. You already failed. But God paid the price for you. Even before you committed to him, God had already committed to love you. See, that's amazing to me. And you know what is? You know what this world is? I don't even want to say it this way because it's going to remind you of a song. And it's just going to, then please don't start singing it. But we look for love in all the wrong places. Right? <laughs> And we think, we think we're going to find it. 
And there's people that are looking for it in relationship after relationship after relationship, and they're not finding it. And they're looking for it in alcohol or drugs or something, or they're looking for it in, in people or in, or in a job or in something. And you're not going to find it. Not this kind. Because you know what this love is? It's this. It only comes from here. No human can love you with this kind of love. It's impossible for us to love people the way God loves. You know how we can? The only way we can is God does it through us, but it's still not us. We can love others with the same love God's given us, but that's his love to us. It's like if I give $20 to Matt and tell him to give it to James, the only way Matt could do that was because I gave it to him. So when you receive God's love, you can give it. But without God, you can't love people this way. You just can't. So we've been talking about this whole idea of learning more and more about how amazing God's love is. Amazing love of God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. If I could speak in all the languages of earth and angels, but I didn't love others, I'd only be a noisy gong or a, or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I couldn't boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So all these things, prophesying, sacrificing your, your body, I mean, laying it all down, knowing all the secret mysteries of God, being able to speak in all these language of men and angels. But if you didn't love, it's nothing. It's nothing. In other words, the basis of everything is love. That's, that's where it all comes down to. It's love. So if we're going to love people, we have to understand God's love. Love one another as I have loved you. Then it says they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. That's what it says in John. They will know by your love for one another. But before that, it tells you what, love, what kind of love it's talking about. The same kind that you were loved with by God. So as we talk about this, we have to realize, okay, before we can really love others, we have to receive God's love. We have to understand it. And this is what we're looking at in verse 4 of that 1 Corinthians 13. It begins to say this. It says, love, we talked about this last week, a result of love is patience, right? And then here's the one we're going to talk about today. Love is kind. See, it's not love can sometimes show kindness if you love, you will be kind. Because love is kind. This isn't separate. You can't take this away from love. Love is kind. That's what love is. God is love. God is kind. God is patient. The only way we can operate this kind of love is receive this kind of love from God. We talked about last week how God is patient with you. And we talked about the whole challenge sometimes when we... Bless you. The whole challenge at times, when, we are, when, we are, when we're facing things in life and life gets crazy and we're in those circumstances, we talked about this last week. How many times have we, have we said this? Oh, dear Jesus, please come now. Come quickly, Lord. This nation is driving me nuts. Jesus, just blow the, get somebody, blow the trumpet, get us out of here. How many of you ever prayed that? How many prayed it this week? Sitting in traffic, oh, Jesus, come quickly. 
It's ridiculous. They're still doing construction. Does it take 48 years to just put one lane on the road? Come on. Like, get done already. Jesus, just come on. I'm never going to be able to handle this. But do you know why the Bible talks about that? It says, God is not slow in fulfilling his promise. He's not, he's not, he's not just like, oh, I might come at some point. You know why? It says in 1 Peter, he is patient because he wants others to come to know him. Thank God for that patience. Because the people that were believers before you were saved, they were praying, God, please come quickly. And you were not in the family at that time. But God's patience is holding on for other people to come and to know him. And that's why. Because he loves everyone. God so loved the world. That neighbor that drives you nuts, God loves them. And you can love them if you have God. I hate to tell you, it's the truth. I don't hate to tell you. I like to tell you that. The love of God can flow through you to even the cruelest people. Because if you have this, you have this. You have inside of you the ability to be kind. Because God is inside of you. Let's look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Just look at 22. Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joys, peace, patience, and what? Kindness. Kindness. Where does that fruit come from? The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit in you. Once again, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have God in you. What do you have in you? The ability to be. (laughs) The ability to be kind. You have it. How many kind people are in here? Someone raising their hands. Some people are like, oh, yeah. On the way to church, you weren't kind. You know, spouses are looking at each other. I'm not saying we never miss it. But I'm telling you, overall, we ought to be kind. We ought to look. God is kind. Let's look at some scriptures real quick. Look at Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much. That even though we were dead because of our sins, we were dead because of our sins, but he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us with the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness Towards us, as shown in all that he's done for us who are united with Christ. God's kindness. Look at this next verse, Titus 3. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love. Here's how he revealed it. He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins. He gave us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. God's kindness, his grace, and his mercy. Let me give you a quick definition kind of to sum up grace and mercy. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. That's grace. In our own workings, we couldn't measure up. We receive salvation by grace through faith. It's the grace of God. You get what you don't even fully deserve. Mercy is not getting 
what you do deserve. How many of you are thankful for mercy? Me? And it's amazing that his, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Every morning his mercies are new. That's, that's, that's the love of God, y'all. That is the love of God. That his mercy is so new every morning. That's, that's what we're talking about. You'll see his grace and mercy in a lot of these scriptures. Look at 2 Corinthians 8 9. This is kind of continuing on with how Jesus gave his life for us. That's the greatest act of kindness. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that by his poverty he could make you rich. In other words, your lack he took and gave you. In other words, he switched the stuff that you couldn't do. You didn't have it. You didn't have the ability. He took that, gave you what he has. Now we have eternal life. We are righteous through Jesus when we stand before God. All because Jesus took that for us. He switched. He took our stuff and gave us his stuff. How awesome is that? Look at the next scripture. One of my favorite scriptures. For everyone has sinned, we fall, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we're righteous. Freely and graciously. Through his, one translation says, through his kindness, he declares that we're righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Jesus took the penalty of our sins. What's the penalty for sins? The wages of sin is what? Death. Guess who died for you? Jesus. So you won't have to. Your physical body at some point will stop, but you will live forever and ever and ever because Jesus paid the price for sin. That's, that's, that's the greatest example of love. Greater love has no man than he laid down his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus said when he says he calls us his friends. And he laid down his life for us. That's, that's what this is. That's not just a, I love you, like we throw around all the time. I love you, and I love pizza. Oh, great, so I rank right up there with pizza. <laughs> we just put it all, we just say it all in the same sentence. It's just that, we just throw that out. You know, it's amazing how quick people say they love someone, Right? You've done it. Those junior high days. I love them. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right, let's keep going. Psalms 36, 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Let's go to the next one. Look at Psalm 69, 16. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. God's loving kindness, it's good. Look at Psalms 31, 21. Bless the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous, what? God has marvelous kindness. I'm telling you, God is kind. The fact that you're still on this earth breathing is because God is kind. God is kind. He took the punishment for your sin because he's kind. We serve a kind God. And the reason why God gets blamed for all the negative things that happen is because people don't know how kind and good God is. And they're going by this because they don't know this. If you know this, it changes how you, how you see love. It changes all of it because God is a source of kindness. He is kind. Psalms 117, verse 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples, for his merciful kindness. Merciful basically means full of mercy. 
That's the kind of, God, that's, that's the kind of ca- kindness that God is showing us. That kindness that is demonstrated towards you. And I'm telling you, what, one of the things that we begin to, as we mature in our understanding of the love of God, we begin to realize that if love is kind, and, and the Bible tells us to love one another as God has loved us, then you could almost say this, be kind to one another the way God has been kind to you. Right? If love is kind, then that fits. It's not saying love sometimes will show kindness. No, it is kind. You can't love and not be kind. I know that sounds harsh because we have to be very careful. Listen, and I'm going to, I understand what people say, but I'm going to tell you when people say, well, I have tough love. I understand that love is, speaks the truth, but it says speak the truth in love. Okay, if you don't speak the truth in love, so love without truth is a lie. But truth without love is brutal. And neither one of them are the way it should happen. So there are still times that you have to be honest and truthful. But you can do it kind. So I, I remember people say, listen, I need to tell you something. But you, you know I love you, right? In other words, I'm getting ready to tear you down. But I'm going to tell you I love you first. And then I'm going to beat you. And then I'll tell you again that I love you. You know what? Even in speaking the truth to people that you confront, it needs to be done in kindness. It has to be. My goal in life is that, especially when my kids were younger, that when I correct them, that I don't have to try to overcompensate that I love them. Because they question that because of the way I talk to them or the way I discipline them. I want them to understand this is an act of kindness. To, to bring discipline and structure because it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the rest of your life. And it's because I love you. And it's not out of frustration or anger or all that stuff. It, it's, it's out of love. Loving kindness. We, we have to be able to learn to be kind, even when we address situations. And we don't have to, you know, the way God corrects us, you know, people use that scripture Well, God chastises those he loves. He does. But if you look at that word there and you really dig deep, you know what that means? To instruct. To teach. To correct. Not to beat down. Not to destroy. Not to make feel like a failure. It's to say, hey, let me show you something. There's a better way. Let me instruct you. Let Let me help you. That's that's the kindness of God. Listen, God doesn't take you to the woodshed and beat you down. It may feel like that. But you have to understand, God is a loving, kind God. And in his love, he will correct you. In his love, he will instruct you. And he will challenge you. And sometimes he will push you. And you're you're walking by faith. You're like, God, I just, he's like, I'm, I'm doing something. But he's kind and he's faithful. Look at 2 Corinthians 6.1. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvel gift of kindness and then ignore it. In other words, this is a gift. Kindness. It, it's, it's a gift, which means God's love. It's a gift to you. There's no, listen, you don't get a gift and have to pay for it. If you do, that's not very nice. 
Zach's birthday's coming up. So Friday is Zach's birthday. He's right there, right, Zach? That's right. He, he ain't ashamed. He ain't ashamed at all. Come here, buddy. He's always asked me to come up here on this stage. Come here. Wanna say hi? What's up, y'all? <laughs> He's gonna be 18 on Friday. Can you believe that? So, but let me tell you something. What if I bought him a, a, a gift for his birthday and made him pay for it? Is that a gift? That's not a gift, right? A gift is, hey, I pay for it and I bless you with it. That's a gift, right? Yes, sir. That's what you want, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he does. All right. All right, buddy. Thank you, man. You can go back and sit down. But that's what a gift is. A gift isn't something that you have to pay. A gift is something somebody paid for and gave you. And kindness is a gift that God gives you. You should not have to walk around, get up every morning and say, God, I'm, I'm, I got to try to be kind. You can't be kind except through the love of God. So what you need to get up in the morning is saying, God, I, I just want to be so much more aware of your love today. I want your love to just, I just want to see more, understand it more. I just want to, I just want to soak in how much you love me. And I know that when I get that love, Lord, that it, Lord, I pray you help me, it just flows through me. And today I'm just going to be loving. And I'm just going to, and if I'm loving, that means I'm patient with people. And that means I'm, I'm kind with people. And it just flows out of who you are, who God is in you. You're just kind. Can I be honest with you? In the world that I'm a part of, in the life that I live, I don't see, and I can't, I'm not judging people. I'm saying in my own opinion, I think even in the body of Christ, we kind of miss this. We can be very judgmental. We can be very condescending. We can be very condemning. We can be very, look at the world with their struggles and just think, oh, those are people. You know what we need to, you know what we need to see more of? Is believers who know God loves them, demonstrating that love to those people who are out there struggling. Because you know why the world is so messed up? It's because, listen, people say it's a dark world we live in. But darkness is just the absence of light. That's all darkness is. Darkness can't exist where there's light. So if your world is dark, turn your light on. Just turn your light on. Let the love of God flow. You're going to find that those dark places are lit up. Because now you're experiencing change because you're bringing light to a situation. Instead of letting that darkness, like it's dark over there, I'm not going over there. Listen, live out the love of God, but you got to receive it first. But then it'll come out. People will change. I'm telling you, when people begin to understand how loved they are, and you begin to operate in the kind of kindness that God has, people change. I'll prove it to you. Look at Romans chapter 2. Don't you see how wonderfully, what's the word? Kind. What's the next word? Tolerant. The next word. Patient that God is with you. How many can see how kind and tolerant and patient God has been with you? You honestly understand that. 
Then look what it says. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see? His kindness is intended. What does the kindness result in? Turning from your sin. It's God's kindness that leads to repentance. Pe- Listen, it's not a, I'm not saying that, I'm not dogging people that do this, but it's not a turn or burn message you're out there promoting. Turn or burn, hell is hot. People are just going to go because of fire insurance. You're not going to know Jesus loves them. Liars or friars. What is that? That's not the gospel. The gospel is good news. The gospel is God loves you and all your stuff. He loves you. You ain't got to change to come to God. Come to God, then change happens. Don't condemn people. We talked last week. We won't put it up here. I'll just tell you. We talked last week, John chapter 8. You have this woman caught in the act of adultery that's brought before Jesus. Jesus is teaching in the temple, right? And they bring these people, they, these people bring this lady to him and says she was caught in the act of adultery. According to the law of Moses, she needs to be stoned. And according to the law, she did. And they brought, all, they brought her to Jesus saying, all right. And they were, they were trying to get Jesus too because they didn't want Jesus to show mercy. But at the same time, it's the law. So Jesus now is like, okay, if I do this, they're going to think this. But if I do this, they're going to think I'm not fulfilling the law. And what does Jesus do? You know, he, he listens to them making all their accusations, and it says he stoops down and he writes in the dirt. People always, there's a hundred different things of what he wrote. Some people think he wrote all the people's names or all the sins of the other people. Sometimes I wonder if he was just like, you know, Jesus was here. He's just, I don't know. I don't know. <coughs> you know, putting his initials, J.C., Loves you, whatever. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Here's the end result. He stands up and he's, he said, listen. According to the law, yeah, that is what's supposed to happen. But let me, just, let me just say this one thing. Any of you who have never sinned, you throw the first one. And it says from the oldest to the youngest, they start dropping their rocks. Why? I don't know why oldest to youngest. The older people didn't want to carry them heavy rocks as long. I don't know. <laughs> they were getting tired. <clears throat> or they realize, I've been forgiven of a lot. I've had a lot of mistakes in my time. But either way, they all leave. Jesus turns to the lady. And he says, you know what? I'm the only one that haven't seen. Wham! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not what he did. But he could have. Jesus had never sinned. Right? I know. That was horrible. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. Just get to the point, Scott. The point was Jesus turned to her and said, where are your accusers? And she said, they're gone. And then Jesus makes this statement, as the perfect man, fully human, yet still the son of God. And he says this, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. In other words, this right here, 
this kindness will change your life. I believe that, li- that woman's life was completely radicalized, changed. Why? Because of an act of kindness showing mercy. What do, how do we handle stuff like that? How do you handle when you watch the TV and you see someone do something they shouldn't do? Or you don't agree with the decision the president makes or a governor or police officers or whatever, and you have different views. How are you supposed to respond? I can tell you what. If it's not this, I say this with all love. You are not walking in the love of God if you are not being kind. And I say that because God is challenging me there. And he's challenging you. And if we don't operate in this, we're not going to see people change. Because people are going to say, they're no different than I am. Do you know Jesus was the only one of all the people? Jesus, Jesus was the one that was different. All the people were the accusers and the ones seeing all that. They were the ones who realized, okay. But Jesus was different. He said, I, we're not going to respond that way. I'm not going to condemn you. Because kindness will change you. Kindness will lead to repentance. And we have to allow the Lord to help us to show people kindness. And we can only do it if we have this, and this only comes from him. That's it. That's it. It's all from God. Now look at our kindness towards others. Now that we know how God's kindness is for us, this is how we extend it to others. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. It says, imitate God. Okay. Look right here. God is love. Imitate God in everything that you do because you're his dear children. Then it tells you what that life's going to look like. Live a life filled with love. Love is kind. Following the example of Christ, he loved us, offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Look how it says in the message translation. Watch what God does, then, then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. That's a challenge. Love like that. Not to get something, but to give something. That's the love of God. That's love. And that's how we should love. Zechariah 7, verse 9 says, This is what the Lord of the heavens' army says. Judge fairly, show mercy and kindness to one another. Everyone in here is part of the one another's. Everyone out there is part of one another. When it says love one another, that includes people out there. At your work, at your job, your boss. Doesn't matter. It includes all of them. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. Slander, leave it right here on this verse for a second, as well as all types of behavior. 
See, we would all say, yeah, we got to get rid of that. It's, it's probably not good to get bitter, you know, get better, not bitter. We all have those quotes, right? No rage, anger, harsh words, Proverbs 15, soft answer turns away wrath, harsh words stir up anger. We don't want to do that. Slander, tearing people down. We don't want to do that. As well as, in other words, he says, look, I could go on and on, but let me just summarize it. All evil behavior. Don't do it. Get rid of it. Then he says in verse 32, instead of all of that, how about we do this in verse 32? Be kind to each other. In other words, love each other. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Get rid of all the stuff and replace it with kindness. You know, there's that phrase, kill it with kindness. Kill them with kindness. Sometimes I wonder, like, is that kind? <laughs> like, kill them with kindness. Like, I hope that my kindness kills you. Like, I don't know if that's the proper way to say it, but I know what they're trying to say. Is instead of getting angry and all that, use kindness. Be kind. Be kind to one another. Colossians 3.12. Since God chose you to be his holy people, he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy and kindness. Clothe yourself with this. With kindness. That comes from love. Which comes from God. God is love. God is kind. God is in you. You are kind. That's how it's supposed. Take that every morning when you get up. I am loved by God. God is patient with me. God is kind with me. Therefore, I can be patient with others. And I can be kind to others. That's, that's the process of how we do it. 2 Corinthians 6, 6. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, and our kindness. Kindness. By the Holy Spirit in us. That's where the kindness comes from. Again, it's not something that we manufacture. It's not something we can just make up on our own. That kindness has to come from our walk with God. That kindness comes from us connecting to a loving God. I, wanna, I, I think I've shared this a long time ago, but I had a, uh, when I was in college, I'd come home for the summer and have to get a job and make as much money as I can to pay for school and this one day this one summer I came back and uh the place I did I did work I couldn't get on there so um, I was looking for a job and this somebody through somebody found knew somebody and they called and they said hey um I have a job opportunity if you want it and basically it's a job that you ride in the dump truck you go I wasn't driving it but I'm just riding in it you go to these places where they build houses and all that, and you're getting all the trash. I mean, those big piles of debris, there's buckets and wood and shingles, all the leftover stuff from um, a construction site. We all take it, put it all in this dump truck, load it up with bobcat or whatever, dump it in the back of this truck, take it to the dump, come back for another load. That, so basically, we're just picking up construction trash, you know, and... Uh, so, but it was, it was a job, and I needed to get working, so I took it. 
And um, so my first day on the job, the guy comes up to me and he says, are you a Christian? I said, yep. He goes, I'm not. All right. He said, you keep your Bible stuff to yourself. You understand? I said, yes, sir. He goes, you don't try to convict me and I won't try to, I won't try to sway you either. I said, yes, sir. It's nice to meet you. This guy was tough. So there's three of us, right? There's two guys that have been working together forever. Nowhere close to what I would consider believers. And then there's me, little Bible college boy. And I'm sitting between these two guys in a dump truck. I'm bigger than both of them. And I'm sitting in the middle. And I'm just sitting there and... And I'm scared, like these guys are crazy. <laughs> and I can't say anything that would remotely represent anything godly or nice or Christian. Therefore, you know, I don't even have to pray over my lunch quietly. Lord bless us, Lord. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's, I mean, he didn't want nothing to do with God. So here's... So we get to the first, it's my first day. We're at this school. They just built this big school. There's just trash stuff everywhere. Huge pile. I'm talking about a pile that's like higher than this stage. And we have a bobcat. Typically the bobcat just goes and scoops this stuff up, big, dumps the whole bucket into the uh, dump truck until we fill the dump truck up. This particular day they said, all right, this is what we need you to do. We need you to get out. Uh, you start on this pile, uh, getting it on the dump truck. And uh, that's where you need to start. So I was like, all right. I'd never driven a bobcat before. But they didn't plan on me driving a bobcat. They handed me a shovel. And I'm like, a shovel? All right. So I'm just thinking I'm going to start getting some stuff while they're getting the bobcat. Well, they get out. And they sit down. They're just talking. Doing nothing. And I'm, I'm doing this huge pile. I'm shovel by shovel. Shingles, I mean, you can't get a bunch of shingles on the shovel anyway. They're heavy. Concrete blocks, wood. So I'm just throwing stuff up there the best I can. And I'm just kind of, can I be honest with you? I'm, I'm a Bible college student, but I'm still human, right? And I'm like, you know, I could take one of these bricks and sling it right over there at them. <laughs> that board's got nails in it. One good whack with that, they'll shape up, you know? I'm having those thoughts. And then all of a sudden, they drive off. They go to take a break. So now I don't even have a truck to put the trash in. So I just, I'm just sitting around. I'm at school with nobody, nobody at it. So they go to lunch basically without me. But my lunch is in the truck. <laughs> so I'm thinking, all right, you know, that's one thing to leave me here. If they eat my lunch, it's a whole other thing. So I came home that first day exhausted. And I told my dad, I said, I'm going to give it one more day. And I'm done. I've never been treated like that. So the next day I get in the truck. They start talking some of the filthiest talk I've ever heard in my life. And I say, hey, I, thought, I thought if I didn't say nothing, y'all, that you wouldn't say anything bad if I can't say anything good. Basically, this is my company. Okay. I go home that day. I said, Dad, I'm done. I'm done. And here's what my dad said. I didn't like it at the time. 
but I respect it now. He said, you have an opportunity. He said, but you made a commitment that you would work for him this summer. Let him talk all he wants. You stay true. I said, Dad, the Bible says lay hands on the sick. That brother's sick. Just one, pow. I mean, you know, I, mean I could, you know, that's, that's scriptural. But you know what I did? I stayed. And I began to just work. Just worked. Just talk what you want. Say what you want. One particular day, five-gallon buckets of paint, we had to take those out. We didn't put those in the truck. They went to recycle. So one day I'm in there, and I'm pulling these five-gallon buckets out. It's all wet, muddy stuff, and I pull it out, and this huge snake crawls right across my feet. And it was one of those water moccasins, whatever it was down in Florida, poisonous. I didn't know it was. That would have been a whole other deal. Um, <laughs> but I just stood there real, like, I didn't move. And I just waited, and it got, like, right there, and I slammed this bugger down, and I ran. So uh, my boss is on the bobcat, and he's looking like, what are you doing? I said, man, there's a snake in there. It's huge. And this is what he says. To me. Well, he, he didn't say it at the time. He went in there. He found it, killed it with the bobcat. And, uh, and then we, we finished the job. We're driving back that day, and they start making fun of me. Old Christian boy, scared of a snake. He said, where was your faith? That's what they start saying. Where's your faith in God? And you know what? I believe the Lord helped me. I said, well, one thing you don't, you don't understand, it's not just about faith. My God doesn't only give me faith, he gives me wisdom. And he said, that's a poisonous snake. You better get out of there. <laughs> so how about that? I thought that was a good answer. And he couldn't say nothing. He was like, well, well okay. So anyway, long story short, I finished the summer. At the end of the summer... He's writing my last page. Like, there is no greater joy than to know you did it. Like, I have endured your persecution all summer, and today I'm a free man. Right? He hands me my check. I start walking out. He says, hey. I was like, yeah, one last jab. <laughs> so I turn around, and here's what he says. Still gets me. He says, you're the first person that ever told me they're a Christian, and I believe it. He said, I did everything I could. I did everything I could to get you off path. Because every Christian I've ever hired never worked. They, were, they weren't true. They said they were Christian, but they lived like everybody else. You're the first one that actually I believe you really are. There's something different about you. And I said, well, you made it difficult, but thank you. <laughs> and you know what he did? He said, I want to give you some money towards your college. He wrote me $1,000. He said, man, I, it's, it's legit. He has never been in church in 35 years. said he never stepped foot in church. My last Sunday in, in Tampa when I lived, I was speaking at my home church. And I get up there to speak, and I look on the back row, and there he is. He left a couple times to smoke, <laughs> but he was there. And you know what the Lord spoke to me? 
He said, listen, man, some words, leaving you by yourself, that's nothing. What he tried to affect you by you being kind, you made, you made way more of an impact on him than he made on you. Because kindness will trump it all. I'm telling you, kindness will, it'll just do something. Not only did I get that check, I came back the next summer, and I didn't work for him because of something else. I'd already had something, plus he was fine. But the next summer, he gave me another check. It made an impact just being kind. I'm telling you, look at, these, look at this last scripture, or look at these last two, Proverbs 16, 24. Kind words are like honey. They're sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Now look at the next one in Proverbs eleven seventeen. Listen to this. Your kindness will reward you. There is something that will happen for you if you will tap in to the love of God in such a way that you can be kind. Don't leave here today trying to be kind. Leave here connected with the love of God. And you watch how kind you are this week. In simple things, you know what, you're, you're going to think about things. Just little random acts of kindness. You're just going to think about it. You're just going to think when you're walking up to the grocery store and there's a buggy in a parking space right next to where you park. And instead of leaving it for someone else to deal with, you just take it on up. You're going to the store anyway. What's, all you did is just help somebody be able to park. Simple act of kindness. Why? Because you're not, you're not worried about it benefiting you or all that. You're just doing it because it's nice. You're going to see, see someone carrying something, and you're going to say, hey, do you need help with that? Simple act of kindness. There's so many ways that lead to change in people's lives, but one of the main ways that you can see people's lives changed is if we operate in this right here. Because that's what's caused us to repent. That's what a lot of us came to Jesus because of. Because of his kindness. And that was what it was meant to. It was meant to bring repentance and change. Listen, people can't be mean and mad at people that are kind. They can't stay that way. They can't stay that way. You will diffuse an argument like that if you decide to be kind. You know what you did? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry you're feeling that way. You know, as opposed to, well, let me just tell you, you ain't perfect either. Kindness. Kindness. Let's let God's love flow through us this week in a way that people see kindness, which means people see love, which means people see Jesus in us.